0: They don't do mock drafts. They swear they don't do mock drafts. They laugh at us when we ask if they do mock drafts. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into baseball and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Pirates and Penguins where you found this. They won't be doing a mock draft today when they build their draft board. That is the word, again, from both Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. Hear it for yourself from that Monday press conference at Heinz Field.
1: Honestly, no. Um, And again, we did away with mocking other teams probably 10 12 years ago and we just said i don't know why we do this we're just guessing and it doesn't matter we mock ourselves we're 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 picking first who we take and we're picking that player's gone we're picking second who we take and we go all the way down to 20 and we'll have 20 guys lined up in the fashion that we'll pick them and then we would decide if we want to trade up or trade down and that's based on that earlier question there's values to doing that and again when we trade away a third and a sixth I'm like, are we trading away Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown? We don't know. Um, but we always try to put a player to that that scenario. So no, we don't concern ourselves with anybody else but ourselves. And I know there's 20 players. Um, by Wednesday, we'll know the order. We'll pick them. And we'll know who may or may not be interested in, in moving up or or coming down. And we'll, we'll try to make the decisions as best we can.
0: Now, what I feel obligated to add here from having been in that room was that Tomlin began giggling right away, and you can hear him jump in with the number as to how long it's been. It's almost like there's some sort of macho component to this. We don't do mock drafts. Why would we do mock drafts? We don't need no stinking mock drafts. And, you know, to an extent, because I don't know either of these men to be a liar, I'll believe them at least from the standpoint that they'll focus on themselves. They'll focus on their own board. The way the process works, if anybody doesn't know this, and it does begin today, they confirmed, is they'll make up a draft board from one to 150. That's as deep as they go. And that's because History has shown them that their guys, their 150 guys, even their 150th, are still on the board when they get to the final rounds. Which, by the way, should tell you a lot about how different their board is from the general rankings that we see and follow religiously, even through the draft. But the mock part, the mock part... Involves other teams. The mock part involves potential trades. The mock part attempts, and nothing more, of course, to show which teams have which needs and which teams are paying the most attention to which players. So to accept these two giggling guys on this subject at their word, you've also got to accept that they aren't aware of which of the 19 teams picking ahead of them might or might not be interested in a quarterback, which might be interested in Kenny Pickett more than Malik Willis or the other way around. You're telling me that they'd paid no attention to the fact that the Carolina Panthers basically... Followed their footsteps, traced everywhere they went this offseason. Pro days, workouts, senior bowls, same players, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. You're telling me that that's not a factor in that room at all when they meet today? Wow, I don't see how, nor do I see the purpose. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Let's try this another way. Let's go back to the Devin Bush draft. The Steelers knew, absolutely knew, they wanted one of the two Devons. They'd gotten tired of running through inside linebackers and watching them all fail in the wake of Ryan Shazier's injury. And this was it. One way or another, they were going to get Devin White or Devin Bush. Well, Devin White got taken. They moved up to number 10. They got Bush. Tell me how that happens. By plugging your ears and closing your eyes and saying, "Our eyes are on our own paper, our eyes are on our own paper. it doesn't make any sense It's completely illogical you're expected to accept that in that event that the Steelers went to the draft that day with little to no awareness or caring what any other team was going to do. Come on, really? If you ask me. This is the Steelers' way of saying, we do stuff like this. We don't worry about anybody else. We've got our own board. We don't care who sees that we were all over Najee Harris, that we were all over Travis Etienne and all the other running backs last year. We don't care who sees that we were palling around with Malik Willis's parents, that we're chummy with Kenny Pickett because he's right next door, that we took Desmond Ritter and a bunch of other guys out to dinner. We don't care who sees that because we're the Pittsburgh Steelers and we're casting a certain aura here. Okay, go ahead and do that to whatever extent it happens to benefit you. But don't suggest that because there are no actual mock drafts that are going to be conducted today that there'd be no awareness. You know, Colbert's used another line in the past that he tells his scouts and his people who are sitting around that draft table, we're picking first. That's the way he words it. We're picking first. Sounds good. Healthy keeps people from being demoralized that the Steelers usually pick, you know, 28th through, you know, 30th or whatever. And it's probably an awesome process to have. When T.J. Watt falls all the way down to you and somehow, even if you loved this player enough to have moved up to get him, you didn't have to. And it makes it that much sweeter. Colbert has another line that he likes to use at the table. He cites this one even more often than what I've given you so far. And that is when it comes up at the table that the Steelers should consider giving up a third round or a sixth round pick. He asks the individual who suggests that to name a player that the Steelers once drafted in that round. And you'll get back Emmanuel Sanders third round, Antonio Brown sixth round. Brett Keisel comes up a lot as a seventh rounder. And the goal there is to make everyone think twice about giving up any draft pick because they're all potential assets. But know this, some of the things that they say to us, and in fact, some of their behavior before the draft is meant to put out an image and maybe to put forth some subterfuge. You want to hear another one? This one's the biggest whopper of them all. And that is that they'll always take the best available player. This is wholly untrue. And I will not hesitate in calling it that because we have seen time and time again that once they reach a certain point in the draft, whether that's the first round or whether they get down to the fourth, they will tackle positional, organizational needs. And oh, by the way, on those occasions in the past, when the best player available at their selection was a quarterback, they didn't take that quarterback. Funny how that works. Just just throwing a little primer your way this morning. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's always brought to you on this program by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Located on Federal Street, right across from PNC Park, this is Pittsburgh's premier destination for craft brews. More than 500 craft brews available, 350 of them being local, 80 of them on tap. Good luck to anyone trying to match that selection. Mike's Beer Bar, North Shore, right across from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Thomas Babylon, who asks ADK, it seems obvious that Malik Willis would be the pick at number 20. However, I don't believe he'll be there. And if he's not, would you see the Steelers picking up Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral at that spot instead? I like them both. I hope not. I hope not. And I say that with respect to the athletes and their achievements and everything else here. There are a total of two quarterbacks that I would accept at the number 20 spot. The first being Willis because the Steelers seem really, really smitten with the things that he can do that other humans can't do. Never mind quarterbacks. I'm talking about humans. Things that can't be coached. The other one is Kenny Pickett, because we've seen what he can do firsthand here in Pittsburgh. We have a pretty good idea of what he's made of. And if he's made of even better stuff, and he did show significant progress over his time at Pitt, he was not all that super mega heralded when he arrived on campus. Then he's got potential, too, even if it isn't as high a physical ceiling as what Willis would bring. Beyond that, I'm not even going to take Corral seriously. I've not heard enough people or read enough writers go along with the idea that Corral is even a first-round quarterback. In this draft, let alone a draft where the quarterback class is kind of normal, this is not a good class for this position. This is not a good year to be reaching on this. But I'm going to throw in one qualifier here, and it regards Ritter, because everyone saw the success that he had, that Cincinnati had, uh, making it to the college football playoff, all of the wins they got, the way he largely, not entirely, but largely engineered that program's rise. And then I'm going to dovetail that with this answer that Tomlin gave the other day when he was asked what qualities he seeks in a quarterback, any quarterback. You know, I, I, think, I, I think that is the ultimate competitor's position. And so those that run to and not from competition, those that embrace uh, competition and the intensity of it um, and the anxiety maybe associated with it, um, I think they have a leg up, obviously. There's some pedigree related things per the position, arm strength, accuracy, and so forth. But that's evident. It's either present or it's not. Um, the intangible quality associated with competition, I think, is something that's valuable. Now, could he be describing anybody there? Sure, of course. I'm not looking for some kind of clue here. I am saying that it's maybe at least a little bit sideways noteworthy that would this came up The first thought that he had was about competition, about succeeding in competition. Ritter is not the only quarterback to have done that. I already mentioned Pickett. Willis, obviously playing at a lower level. But one thing I really wanted to do with you this week was to share moments when my antennas went up. In that room, and they did in that moment because I thought to myself, he's describing somebody who's done a significant amount of winning, somebody who's faced difficult circumstances on the football field and persevered through them. And we saw that from both Pickett and Ritter in different ways. But no, I don't want them reaching either, my man. I really don't. I really don't. And I'm leery about this whole quarterback thing. It just feels like it's coming, you know, meaning the reach. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow. Day closer.